So I had a hell of a DraftKings day yesterday. Who was your guy? Uh, who wasn't my guy is more like the question. Uh, listen to this team if you watched if you watched yesterday. Deshaun Watson, Mark Ingram, Jarek McKinnon, Will Fuller, Deshaun Jackson, Golden Tate, Jordan Reed, who was my worst player, Kareem Hunt, uh, and the Ravens D with a kick and punt return. Yeah, that was big. So I was in for a total of like $124, and I came out with 606 Hey. Look at you. Now, now, three hundred. But uh, here's the thing: I'm excited. What are you gonna about? do with all that money, man? Don't spend well, it all in one place. Well, I'm actually I'm still making up for uh, the first two weeks. Um, this was all money I still had in the bank from from last year. But I'm excited. I mean, I was like top one percentile in all of these. But one of the leagues was a thirty-two dollar entry, twelve person. The winner, which was me by two tenths of a point, gets a three hundred thirty-three dollar ticket into the Wildcat tournament, which are like the big money tournaments. I'm very excited about this because this is that's a big money guy. So that was a good day. Was that a I capped it off story? Like that. What's that? I said, was that a mid story? That was impressive. It what was. is your what is your DraftKings name? Uh, BDNCB1. I don't know. Just That's very complicated. Random, yeah, random, random. Letters. Did you see Adam? Did you notice that over the weekend? I think I tweeted this, but uh, Kyle actually made the bench for Chelsea. It was I had like one of my that buddies note- texted me and goes, uh, "Yo, Kyle, uh, Kyle made their bench," and like I pull up the official lineup for Chelsea. Forget. I think they were playing yeah, Stoke. Oh no! Yeah, they were. Wait, they were playing Crystal Palace, and Crystal Palace scored their first two goals of the season. But Kyle Scott himself was on the bench. Very that no talent stuff. ass clown has been stealing my SEO for years. Sad. Sad. I'll tell you what wasn't sad, the man. Sorry, I didn't make the show Friday night or Friday morning, but last Thursday, holy crap, that was incredible. You were. You guys were right. Uh, Rush, you nailed it. Those Proseccos and tequilas at 7.30 was a bad idea. But, oh, man, I took I took over a bar single-handedly, and I don't usually watch Eagles games out. But uh, I started a few Eagles chants in the middle of Chelsea, which is pretty dope. I'm sure that went over well. Uh, well, what happened was is there was a – I get there, and I'm watching the game with a friend, and I look over, and there's all these Eagles fans. And so all of a sudden the game starts breaking in our favor – but I noticed if I went on one side of the bar, Carolina had success. But when I came back to the other side, the Eagles had success. So, of course, I had to announce that to the bar. Uh, and then uh, then there was, a, there was a time where a guy came over and a, a play happened, and then he hugged me. And I was, like, taken aback because I was like, this is great that the Eagles can bring people together. And what an amazing moment where two people that don't know each other can celebrate the incredible Carson Wentz and his magic. And then my immediate thought was, get your hands off me. I don't know who you are. Please leave me alone. Why am I out right now? Uh, but holy crap. I mean, you don't, you seem I'm like someone who Bleacher does Report well. doesn't send security to, uh, to guard your back. <laughs> Do you have a oh, body yeah. man? Hands off the talent. Well, I am. T- I'm often. I'm often told that I look like so many people. Like I think the. I think the number one thing like I should be introduced is, and now Adam, you kind of look like my friend. Whatever, Lefko. Like everyone, you look like my friend Tom. I get that all the time. 
Um, so I have a million body doubles out there. Is that the point where you turn around and say, no, I look like your new friend, Adam. And then you uh, wrap your <laughs> yeah. arm around the guy and you guys walk out the door. You know, that chanting eagles. Awful. No? You seem like one of those guys who uh, doles out the drunken hug uh, with frequency. I'm a high fiver. But... Okay. I love high fives. But does not do well with random people putting their hands on you. Um, well, then I start, then this guy starts talking to me. Like, so the thing that kills me is I'll watch the game and I'm paying attention to the game in a world where no one's paying attention to one thing. I'm watching the game and this guy next to me starts commenting on every play. And the first one was a good comment. Second one was a good comment. Third one, he's talking about, you know, Carson Wentz. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. And I'm sitting there going, no, I think he's actually like, I can argue that he's like a top five, six quarterback right now. Oh, Ebola ends up being like a radio host in Phil in Pittsburgh, like a, like a sports host in Pittsburgh. Please tell me it was Mark Madden. It was not, Um, but he starts talking about whatever. And I was like, yo, big Ben sucks. And uh, I'm not telling him who I am. And we're going back to host a couple of podcasts. no, and do you know Chris who Sims, I am? I would never do that. It's more fun because, because of course, what happens is, is he starts he starts going. To, he's like, "Oh man, you really know what the fuck you're talking about. This is this is interesting. Oh, oh that's a good point. I, I cover Pittsburgh. People in Pittsburgh don't even realize that. Oh yeah, how do you know about Ryan Shazier's lateral speed? Ugh. And then later he's like, "Hey, what's up?" And he says his name, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool. My name's well, I work." Well, and as soon as I said Bleacher Report, uh oh. It was like it was like catnip, dude. He just oh. his entire demeanor changes, and he wants to get on. And um, it it was one of those things where it was like it was it wasn't a bad conversation. Now business cards are in play, and I don't care. Just just talk. You carry? Do you carry a business card? Uh, not regularly. Yeah, me neither. I have them. I made them. Don't. Care. Yeah. Ooh, what's a Kyle Scott business card look like? It's just got the Crossing Broad logo and has my name and phone number. Does it have your real name or does it have Kyle Scott? Uh, It's got Kyle Scott. It's got Kyle Scott. Hmm. I think it might have my false advertising. Is it a good material? Uh, No, it was like a one of those print, you know, print fist. Russ, have you seen in your young years? Have you seen American Psycho? No. Oh. Oh wait, the Christian Bale movie. Wait, is that? Yeah, yeah, it's Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah. I saw it like maybe. Oh God, it's been a long time. In, there's an incredible scene. The entire movie is amazing, but there's this incredible scene where they're all comparing each other's business cards, and it's shot like a wild western, where it's like they're all p- pulling out their pistol, and it's like, whoosh, and they're like, "Ooh, what kind of material is this? Ooh, is this eggshell? You need to see it." That's what I. Any, anytime someone brings out a business card, I pretend it's that scene from American Psycho. I don't trust someone with a good business card. Ooh. I appreciate a good business card, but I the the more effort that went unless it's like a company thing, but the more effort that went into your business card, I I'm not sure how I feel about that. I you know what if you're talking about like your own business, I could see that. Just yeah, I, unless they're like really put together completely, like everything I, about them. Totally, but sometimes it's like for me, like. I mean, obviously, for what I do, the business card isn't really that necessary anyway. But I feel like the more time you spent on, like, the business card and the swag, the less time you actually spent on the business. Like, I feel like the the, the more – you spent more time on the appearance rather than the business itself. Like, a piece of white paper with your phone with your name and number is just fine. 
Interesting. I could see that. I wish Ross had a business card for being a teacher. That'd be fun. Say what classes he teaches. Professional, professional desk stander and motivator. I mentioned that one time. Is that my (laughs) defining moment now? That's fine. That's how I envisioned you as a teacher. That's all right. Uh, Hold on. So we were talking about this before the the NFC just kind of breaking the Eagles' way yesterday. Um, I am. Uh, maybe one of the biggest Aaron Rodgers fans out there just in terms of his capabilities and and how he has to do everything himself and for him to break his collarbone which I know it's not official yet but it's official you have an x-ray in the stadium I don't know what what else what other tests you need Um, that is a team that I don't know I that I would be worried about with the Eagles and now they're completely off the board completely like Brett Hundley and the Packers is nothing. So when you look at the rest of the NFC, the and Washington, you know, struggling to beat San Francisco. There was a few really questionable calls in that game. There was a fumble recovered that went that they took back to the one that really was not a fumble um, for San Francisco. But Washington, Dallas, but now Zeke is out for six weeks. So that was another thing that bounced their way. But Minnesota, but is he? There's like multiple reports now that it's mm. still up in the air. I saw that it came out that he was suspended for six weeks. Later, it said that they were putting an appeal later that day. So this would be Thursday. Um, and then after that, the NFL came out and said, no, he is suspended six weeks. Um, I think it's going to hit him sometime this season, and I believe it's going to start next week. It sounds like that, yeah, but it does sound like his camp is trying to get some sort of a stay or whatever you want to yeah. call it here. But It truly is fantastic, like, though. This is like the Lane Johnson thing. Take your suspension and get it out of the way. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is like I've been saying, I think it was on the podcast, I know I put it on the site, but for me it was like, all right, put the Falcons in. Pa- Falcons are the reigning champs and have a ton of talent. Put them at the top. Put the Packers at the top solely because of Aaron Rodgers. The Cowboys are defending division champions, and though they're two and three, the, I think the Eagles are better, but it's going to be settled on the field. So just for shits and giggles, let's put the Cowboys ahead of the Eagles. This is last week. This is after. This is on Friday morning. The Eagles soundly defeating the Panthers, who I saw them as high as number two in the NFL, two or three in a power ranking last week, which seemed like fool's gold, or that's the wrong use of fool's gold, whatever it is. The Eagles are solidly number four, no question about it, with the win. Um, they're better than Dallas. But now, I mean, you look at the teams ahead of them in in my little farcical world here. The Cowboys are most likely going to lose Zeke for six games at some point, and they're already two and three. So the Eagles have a full, th- what, three games on them. Um, they, they own The Eagles already own the tiebreaker with the Redskins with a road win. Obviously, they're going to play them again. The Giants are done. The Packers just lost Aaron Rodgers, which totally sucks. I I don't root, I'm, I I don't root for injury. I feel like it's bad karma. I'd rather beat teams at full strength, but especially seeing Aaron Rodgers, maybe one, maybe the most, probably the most fun guy to watch in the NFL. Really disappointing. But the, you're right. The Packers are done, and the Falcons go out and lose again. So they're right. They lost. They wound up losing yesterday. Yes. They were up 17 nothing yes. at halftime and allowed 20 points to the worst offense in the NFL, Adam Gase, in the Miami Dolphins. It's unreal. At home. At, at home, home, nonetheless. So the only so, teams I think you're missing, Kyle, I think Minnesota is a team that the Eagles have to be scared of. Not scared of. I think they're better than them, but I think they have a really good defense. 
Minnesota, Seattle, the Rams, uh, the Saints, and the Panthers. These are the only teams I'm saying that are contenders. But I think the Eagles right now, Kyle, I would argue they're number one in the NFC. I I would after yesterday, I think you could easily make. Who that would case. You, who would you have them behind? N- no one now. On who, Friday, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like on Friday, I would, I still defer to the Falcons. I still would no. defer that. No, hold yeah, on. I, I got you. I know you're a Falcons hater, but and I am too. I, 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 they're they're not the same team they were last year. But look, you got to say, all right, they they still have the reigning MVP, one of the best receivers in the game, and a d- dynamic running game, just offensively. But after yesterday, the you could clearly put the Eagles ahead of the Falcons. The Packers are done. The Cowboys had a, had a bye week, but at this point, they're two and three and losing Zeke. Like, yeah, I. I don't know about the Vikings. Like the Vikings have, yes, their defense is good, but man, they when they are bad, they are atrocious. And offensively, they scare me none. I mean, that is a full defense team. And I, oh yeah, they're a team too. If you get them in Philly, it's a it could be a, a cakewalk. If it's in Minnesota, it's a battle. True, but I mean, a team with Bradford and Case Keenum, I'm not. I agree. I'm not buying. I agree. The Lions showed their true colors yesterday. Um, ever you know, people wanted to put them again, like oh, the Lions could this be their year? No, it's not. They they just got what a weird game in um, with the Saints, and I don't think the Saints the Saints defense is improved. It's not quite as terrible as it's been in, in years. Their young corners are playing pretty well, but I don't know, man. I mean, that's that game was their first home game in a while. Um, the, they always a lot put up the, points at home. Yeah, the lot. That's what I'm saying. A lot of the teams I'm saying are right now. The Eagles would have home field advantage. All of those teams, if they came to Philly, I feel really confident. Yes. But going to New Orleans or going to Minnesota or going to Seattle, it's a different world, and that's why finishing this regular season is so strong is so important. That's the reason I mentioned them is just Drew Brees at home with our secondary kind of spread out is a little nerve-wracking, but if it's in Philadelphia, hell yeah, let's go. And the Seahawks, um, you know, they, they start slow. Every, I feel like this is the third straight year. It is. Where we're like, God, they look terrible. Their offense their offense is always just Russell Wilson running around, but early in the season, it is it is nothing else besides that. But the last, you know, three of the last four years, they turn it on at the end of the season. So I'm not ready to ever write them off. Um they're too talented, too experienced, too good of a coach, all that stuff. Too tough to play in on the road. But, you know, yeah, I mean, this is this is really breaking well. Um, yeah, you have to argue right now the Eagles, just on record alone, but even the teams that you that should be better than them, all everything is broken their way. Like, two weeks in a row, no one in the division, no one in the division won a game, right, besides the Eagles for two weeks in a row. And then yesterday – the teams, you know, that you would say are in the mix with them, Falcons lose at home, Packers lose their quarterback, Cowboys lose uh, Zeke. And so now you have this second group that's going to bubble up and challenge them. But, I mean, it could not be breaking better. Russ? Look on graphic for the final two bullet points. <laughs> Wait, which, my, which announcer for, said that? That was Dick Stockton. Poor Russ. Dick had had a uh, a good old-fashioned 2002 NFL inside fever glitch in his commentary track. That was one of the funniest things I've seen. Deadspin tweeted it. Uh, I was just sitting back listening to you guys, and I don't know. That well, how, did it, the how does it make you feel, Russ? What, Dick when Stockton you... or, the, or watching everything break the correct way for the Eagles? The latter. 
I mean, it feels pretty good. I, I, you know what? Like, the last two games have, have turned me into more of a believer. We talked about this on Friday about how it's it's kind of impossible at this point. You did miss, Adam, this is sad for you. You did miss Kyle admitting he was wrong on LeGarrette Blunt. He, he... Dun, 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 dun. And now I'd like to present to you Mr. and Mrs. LeGarrette Blunt and Kyle Scott. You're officially wed, Kyle. Get those business cards ready, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are the party favors. And, you gotta go back and listen to it. That was that was the test to see if uh, you went back and listened to our pod. Uh, you know so, what I do is I just rely on my parents, and they go, "Adam, they talked about you on the podcast." I go, okay, good. <laughs> "Are your parents like old Jewish folks? Because like the pacing that you're throwing at them." On yeah, that no, they don't. They don't talk like that. Okay. But I, I just, I couldn't imitate them actually. Okay. All right, so I we'll keep so, going. Kyle. Okay, so I mean Russ. Oh, so uh, Sorry. that's okay. So, uh, yeah, Kyle was like, Kyle, that I think is the third time that that has happened today. Your your email app dings like that. That's become the new dog collar slapping sound. It what? is a uh, the what? sound of the the Apple Mail. Oh, I don't even hear Dinging. it. I don't even hear it anymore. This is why it's, I get. I always think I have mail when it happens. That's yeah. see, and I've I've been wondering for a while who it was, and then on Friday I didn't make a big deal out of it. But Adam, since you weren't here, I did hear it. And uh, anyway, that might be OCD on my part. Anyway, see, I, don't, um, I don't even hear it. I don't even hear it. This is why I'm so bad at text, especially once the watch. Mm. By the way, I got the new watch. Great. Mm. Um, you get the little tap on the wrist, but you learn to just ignore it. So then you, it, it's like worse because you get more notifications and you just you are able to block it out and then this is how you wind up with like, you know, just never getting back to anybody. What if we've had six offers for sponsors at this point? You just keep tapping them away. Those I will get back to. I will do a quick scan at the end of the day and then it's like, oh crap, I got to text this person, this person back and like send this email and then I just wind up doing none of it. I just, I yesterday shut off notifications to all of my apps (laughs) on my phone. I usually, there's times that I have to do that with Slack. What's up, Slack? Yeah, I sometimes have to do that because the uh, the general room will yeah, I turned will that be off a long time ago. A, yeah, be full the, of a million things. And... General's out of control. All right, hold on, Russ, but finish your point there. You're talking about being so Blunt, excited, like Eric Blunt. Yeah, well, you know, like I, I had a hard time warming up to the season, and the last two games have, have made me a, a bigger believer in Doug. And watching that defense swarm in the last game was, was all I needed. I like watching a defensive football team. I love watching a group that that can blitz at will, a team that's not afraid to leave their corners out on islands, even though these are not the guys that we expected to be starters. Uh, I, I I just enjoy it. I love I love knowing that we're not going to get stuck uh, watching our our defense on like a fifteen, you know, fifteen play drive against getting worn down to nothing, and then having to watch like Kerry Williams get blown by or Bradley Fletcher get blown by for. You know the game-winning touchdown. There's none of that, and it's it really is exciting. It, I I feel like the the game against Carolina was really the turning point in my mind of what's going to lead them to a uh, you know what should be a very productive playoff run. So that that's kind of where I'm at. I'm 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 not nearly as cynical as I usually am about the Eagles. Uh, it's you know barring some kind of cataclysmic collapse. They're uh they're in really good shape and watching like I, I like Aaron Rodgers so watching that happen yesterday was a shame, um, but man it it could not be like the cards could not be stacked any any better for Philly right now and it it is very exciting. 
That's where uh, I'm at. And did I mention they got Alshon Jeffrey 10 targets, four receptions, hey. 10 targets, which is what I've been begging for. So, you know, I'm happy. Yeah, for me, this is one of the first times that I've been an Eagles fan where I feel like I'm rooting for a team that if they need a big stop on third down, they can get it. And if they need a big gain on third down on offense, they can get it. And I feel like I've never rooted for a team that had both. Like, it was either, like, a really good offensive team, like, in those teams in the 2000s, but that had trouble stopping the run at times because they would be smaller, and it would be like, man, we're just getting pounded. Like, I feel like that would happen. And then we would try and get LeVon Kirkland and fix it, and it just would. then we'd have this slow guy in the middle. Or it was this team that just, like, couldn't get big first downs. And now, like, people are, like... Analysts in this industry are reacting to the Eagles' ability to convert third and long like it's like a unicorn. Like, the way they're completing like these third and 10s, third and 11s are wild. And Nelson Aguilar, like, what? That was real? Like, this is not going to end? Like, if you told us after the Washington game when they're 1-0, hey, guys, Ronald Darby's might not be back until after the next Washington game, no worries, though. They'll enter that one 5-1, and one, and the defense will look real good with Rasul Douglas starting. And you'd be like, what? Yeah. And Patrick P- Peterson. No, Patrick Patterson. Which, again, this is why in the summer I, I was such a uh, an anti-play-by-play Patrick from the Robinson, beat reporters right. guys. Yes. Um, thank you, Kyle. Yeah. The, fact, the fact that, like, during the offseason, we had every beat writer trashing Rasul Douglas because he was getting burned on the outside by Alshon Jeffrey. Like, we, I think, came in with probably realistic expectations that these guys should hopefully not need to be called upon very much, you know, in a, as a starter. But they've really stepped up to the plate. They've, they've outperformed, I think, anybody's expectations. And again, that comes down to coaching. That comes into putting your players in best position to be successful. And it, it also comes down to those guys, we said this on Friday, playing hard for one another and, and having, you know, a good time playing football right now. Uh, before we uh, before we switch gears to the Flyers and a resounding 8-2 to two opening home opener win, I want to get Adam's thoughts on something. Uh, I got some feedback from this. I think Russ knows where I'm going here on the podcast on Friday in our discussion about most popular NBA footwear and I my packing order was firmly Nike, Under Armour, Adidas in that order in terms of the cool factor, and I got some wow. feedback telling me I was crazy and that Adidas you are was crazy. over Under Armour. Yes. Wait, wait, time no. out, time out, time out. Hold on. Feedback that what? That it, it, that Adidas is is the much hipper brand than Under Armour in the NBA. Is that that was your opinion? No, no mine was opinion. Nike, Under Armour, Adidas. Yeah, Under Armour is so far in third place that it oh. doesn't even register with the top two. Dude, in what in what metric? I'm you. Hold you're good. You, you're you're said, talking to the resident sneakerhead here. I know. Hold that's why second. I'm. That's why I'm bringing it up. Well, let me ask, because it's not as it, one. It's a metric in terms of the amount of shoes that players wear. Um, they actually did a breakdown, and it's like Nike and Adidas are like in the in the the tens of hundreds, and Under Armour is in like the dozens. Uh, they just don't have great they don't have great basketball shoes yet. Like they have Steph Curry, and not a lot of players like the Steph Curry shoes. Like most of the Steph Currys when they've come out have been mocked, yeah, like but- the all white ones. Okay, here I'll let you go. 
No, no, no. I was just, they get mocked because a couple because the all white ones look like grandfather shoes and and boat shoes and whatever. So now every time they come out, they get mocked. But is the complaint really that they don't like the Under Armour shoe, or is it just that oh hey, you know this, that one Steph Curry really wasn't that that cool? No. Looking. So look, this whole thing. Did you talk about the Kevin Durant situation with Steph Curry? No. Kevin Durant came out recently, and and someone he was on like a tour or whatever, and they asked him about Under Armour, and he was like, "I'm not wearing that crap." Like I know he's based in D.C. where I'm from, but like nobody in the NBA wants to wear Under Armour. And Steph actually had to have a talk with him because he was like, "Yo, dude, I have like a multi hundred million dollar deal with Under Armour. You can't be bad mouth." Like it was a whole like news story about how Steph had to talk to Durant about not bad mouthing Under Armour. Adidas. Here's what people don't realize: Adidas has the, is like making such ground on Nike that for the first time, people are actually talking about it. Like it was before, it was like, "Oh, that's cute. Another brand wants to get close to Nike." And now the numbers are so staggering in terms of percentage growth that people can't not talk about it. People don't realize the power of Kanye. When he switched, it changed the, the landscape completely. And then they got hardened. And then they got all these guys. But no, Adidas is far ahead of uh, Under Armour. Well, and the reason we were talking about this is because Embiid's an Adidas athlete, and the story came out last week that Kansas is now being investigated for their ties to Adidas. And, you know, it's not that hard to draw a line from A to Embiid there. Um, do you like how I Very that? true. That was Thank a you. good little pun. Thank you. And, of course. Oh, dude, but, that's but the I mean, these this helps when you're paying money. This helps when you're paying uh, Adidas, uh, paying college kids on their way to the top. Now, Nike very well may have been doing this stuff too, but my point was okay. So I I will admit here that I was probably wrong on the NBA thing, but I think as far what do you mean as probably wrong, okay, you were definitely wrong. But I would say all right, maybe I was thinking overall because overall, like it, for, not just basketball specific, overall in terms of cool, like like if you, you were to do one of these like brand ranking things where they'll come out, Apple yeah, number Adidas one. Is higher. I'm going to say Under Armour is cooler. Um, if you go up to a 12-year-old kid and you say, what's cooler, Adidas or Under Armour, you're going to get Under Armour every time. I, I don't know. I don't agree. I think it depends where you're asking them, Kyle. I think that Adidas is cooler in urban areas. And I think that Under Armour is probably cooler with like football players that want to wear like the yeah. the long sleeve thermal things. Yeah, but you're uh, dismissing under. I mean, f- you're forgetting now that Under Armour has maybe the most popular golfer in Jordan Spieth. Like, I, I think your view of Under Armour well, is push the the needle is. <laughs> Wait, Russ. Ha- Go ahead, Russ. I want to hear your opinion. No, that's a, no, that's a really good point. I don't think 12-year-olds are like, hold on, Mom. I want to be fresh. Can you dress me like that Spieth guy? Dude, like, I know what you're saying. Spieth I is know- huge. Oh, he my is God. is huge. You're but just- that's, again, like, now you're talking about very rural areas. Right. Well, you're, digging, uh, you're digging. No, no, no. That, that was my point because you were saying, like, among football players. And Adidas or – or Under Armour because, is hold on. Under Armour is no longer is cool among football players, right? But Under Armour is no longer the we must protect his house brand. It is it is gone well beyond that. It is getting into basketball now. But it has two of it has two very big golfers, Spieth, and I'm forgetting the other one. Um, but there are two guys who are draped in Under Armour, and Spieth is by far has the most juice as a golfer. I mean, Under Armour's stock went up last spring on the backs of Spieth winning two majors and Steph Curry winning the NBA Finals. Like, they, they had the perfect athletes. 
And I, I, it's not just a football brand. It's not just a workout slash Olympic sport brand, but it is dabbling into, yes, maybe it's not a rural thing, but suburbs, All right, uh, so here, urban. I actually this have is, some statistics. This, this is an article from Barron's. Okay. How Adidas, this is from last month, how Adidas blew past Nike and Under Armour. Nike and Under Armour are reeling this year from weak sneaker sales. Nike has plunged 18%. Uh, a finish line has plunged 18%, mainly because of Nike. But Adidas and their association with fashion luminaries, Kanye, Jay-Z, Alexander Wang, they've grown 30% in 2017. Um, Under Armour has failed to cash in on the retro trend largely because it's a relatively new company without a brand heritage, says an analyst in the industry. Uh, Under Armour's formerly dominant brands, particularly its Curry sneakers, aren't selling as well as they once did. Curry 3 release is softer than expected. It's just who they're aligned with isn't as strong. Do you own a lot of Under Armour stuff? Is that where this comes from? I, I, oh, my God. I wear like seven pieces of Under Armour per day. I, I have three. I tell Russ, I have three or four pairs of Under Armour shorts that I wear in a rotation every day since it, it, like six months out of the year. And in the winter, I wear two pairs of Under Armour sweatpants. Yeah, That's Kyle, I'm sorry. So, like, but, one thing I would recommend no, if you. It, it, I bought it. So I. I so totally separate from this, but to me, my view, my view has been, and I have people told me that this was a radically crazy wrong view, and I'm happily to admit if I'm wrong. But I, I you know, thought Under Armour had more juice than it did. It doesn't. If shoe companies, you know, ran ads like politicians do, we would we would be reminded of the fact that both Adolf and Rudolf Dassler, the founders of Adidas and Puma, respectively, <laughs> were both members of the Nazi Party. But, you know, thankfully we don't have to. Uh, we don't have to damn it. What am I going to do with all my Adidas did shoes? You know, did you know why uh, Adidas is called Adidas? Well, here's all your day little. I dream about here's, here's your fact. Nope, here's, uh, here's your fact why of the day. So, Adolf, Adolf Dossler, he went by Adi. Adi, A D I. And Dossler, D A S S L E R. They took the D A S from Dossler, Adi, Dossler. Adidas. There you go. How about that? Thank you, Russ. I figured, I figured you would know some, some German history. What am but, I going to do with all those Adidas now that they're but of Nazi course, shoes? Of course, but, uh, well, I, in fairness, oh, pretty much everybody had to be at that point. Or I need to disagree yeah. with, with you, Adam, on Under Armour doesn't quite have the athletes. They have Steph Curry and Jordan Spieth. We had an 8-2 to two Flyers win. Just Joel saying. Embiid sprained his ankle over right. the weekend. He's right. shooting barefoot, and we are still talking about Adidas being better than Under Armour and Kyle being terribly wrong. Yeah, but Russ, you're missing the point. Isn't it fun when Kyle's wrong? It's like really it is. fun. <laughs> it is. It's very true. All right. Because let's... Kyle is great like this. This is, one, this is one reason why I love Kyle. Then we'll get back to the Flyers being ballers. What I love about Kyle is Kyle will go, I know I could be wrong. However, and then he's going to give you an argument. And then you're going to come back and you're going to tell him the truth. And he'll go, I know I still could be wrong. But, <laughs> and I respect that. Uh, and apparently, uh, man, we, Russ, were we wrong about the Flyers? I don't know if we were wrong. But are they going to be a really good team? They are. Right wow. now, so let's talk about one of, I think, the most under-heralded parts of, of why they're so good right now. Real quick, they last have, thing last thing before you go. Just oh, my real God. Real quick, Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Amazing. Bryce Harper, and Jordan Spieth. Top that. Top that anybody. Go ahead. But, but go ahead. Kyle, hold on, Kyle. But Kyle, Kyle nobody can Oh, Kyle, God. but here's the thing. When you say all those names out loud, they're great athletes, right? 
They're huge. They're okay, but what I'm but three, what I'm telling you the biggest is biggest athletes in their sports. But what I'm telling you is when I working at a company where everyone is fucking walking around, they're all 22, 23. None of those guys are seen as cool. Tom Brady is not cool. Steph Curry is not cool. That isn't, they, that isn't, Steph Curry is the most popular player among young people in the NBA by and cool. far. Popular and cool are Kyle, not the same Kyle, you're sounding thing. more like Hillary Clinton every day. Young people, are young people like this Kids Steph Curry. love Steph Curry. Oh, they he love is not him. cooler than a lot of players in the They'll NBA. They'll buy his jersey, they're not going to buy his shoes. But it's cooler not, it's, and being cool popular are not the same. Oh, you, oh. I agree. Okay. Russell Westbrook is cool. He's also it's a, a different. It's he's... a different type of like emotion. Yep. All right, so let's move. I can't on. believe you guys are arguing against against the best, arguably the best player ever in football. We never said best, anything you trying, about no, best. You, no, no, no. You're it's trying to change best. the conversation point because you were wrong. I'm not. They're huge. And to Brady, Curry, Bryce oh Harper, God. and Jordan Spieth. They're arguably the uh, f- best player in each of their respective sports, or you one can be of the, the best top player. Two. But people don't necessarily want to buy your shoes. Like I don't know. Tom what's so Brady hard to understand put about out a book about being super vegan. He's not cool. Shaq was a popular player. Did he did he sell the most shoes of all time? You guys, you guys, no. I can't believe you're arguing no. against these guys. It's insane. You, I, I see the point that I might be wrong about Under Armour as a brand, but you can't say no, it's on not the strength. You, might. you are on, wrong. Okay, you are fine. categorically wrong. Fine. But on the strength of their ridiculous. athletes, they have what? Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Bryce Harper, and Jordan Kyle, Spieth. How many people sit down and go, boy, that's Tom Brady. He's a cool guy. He's totally no, he's so cool that if I wear shoes. From Tom Brady, yes. if I wear Uggs, that Tom Brady was Among also a spokesman New York for, that is going that to Adam help works me. With, that is totally going to help me get a girlfriend. This yes. is why Trump oh. won. Hey, you're basing hey, your opinion lady. on cool what? based on guys oh, who work in Chelsea. Kyle, the, the brands are based off of their ability for their their biggest guys to be able to sell product. Do you, do, Who's do buying you, Tom Brady's shoes? Do you honestly think Tom Brady is is not cool? You're arguing because he's not cool ab- amongst a bunch of people who work at a sports company in New York. That no, is, I'm, that is a no, totally I'm saying thing. in general, Kyle, I could tell you that from working with a, a pretty important group to a company's bottom line, that there are not people walking around saying, huh, okay. you know what? That Tom Brady guy is so cool. Let's get his jersey. Let's get his shoes. Let's just... Dole over Tom Brady. You're they telling me care. kids in your class don't like Steph Curry? They like Steph Curry. Maybe they'll like wear his jersey. They're not buying his shoes. I can tell you. I look at the shoes that people wear. Under Armour is not well represented. The only people who tend to really love the Under Armour stuff are people who either play football or athletic departments because athletic departments have, have become more of a, a better partner for Under Armour than anything else. So if, you're, if your goal is to market your company to 20 and 30 something and 40 something year old guys and and women who are coaching sports then yeah like under armor is kind of your go-to and i have a lot of under armor polo shirts and i think they're great but like do i feel cooler wearing them no do i think that that makes under armor look cool because i'm wearing it no now for the love of god can we please talk about the flyer (laughs) yes so flyers went eight to two over the weekend uh scores again um there, there are so many things to take away, but I think the number one thing that people are not talking about as much as they should is the fact that the Flyers have actually fielded a legitimate fourth line on the team. They're no longer running out a goon line that's meant specifically to go out and try to stall play and to be hard on the four check 
and to just you know then come back and sit back in their defensive zone and and tread water until they can clear out and then go back to the bench. Um, I, if I remember correctly, I think Friday's no Saturday's line. What what are you laughing at? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The, Cam Newton. The, the, Cam the last, Newton. Oh my god. He's you know, cool. It's really it's really great to listen to a blogger talking about. Go ahead, you know, go the ahead. Cool stuff I'm that done. kids like to wear. I'm just gonna shout out random I just, names I just as I go through the list. But go ahead. I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny. The only thing I'll say is, Russ, Kyle can shout out random names because that's how few relevant stars they have. <laughs> oh, snap. That's it. That's it. It's over. By the way, Kyle, if you really wanted to make this point, Ben Simmons, who I think we would all agree is an incredibly marketable guy, in his uh, documentary that they did on Showtime, there were, two brands that, there were two brands that he legitimately considered. They were Nike and they were Adidas. Under Armour was not one of those three that he was giving serious oh, well, there, That to. settles it. The Australian Well, guy. considering the fact that the guy, uh, yeah, well, if you're a worldwide player, if you're an, an easily name recognizable so guy, you're a former, you're a, you're a number one pick in the draft. Yeah, I do think it is a little bit important to point out the fact that Under Armour, I don't even think was invited to the table. So yes, Kyle, I, I do think that that is a, a pretty decent example. Yeah, so go ahead the, and yell yeah. out another random golfer Holy and tell Jones. me how that's supposed to make it cool. Holy, oh jeez! Michael Phelps. Oh my God! They're killing Michael it. Michael Phelps is retired for the sixth time. Yeah, yes. Michael Phelps let's is go. Not cool. Let's go get our Under Armour branded speedos, Kyle. And you can you can hand those out at an event with your with your business card. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. you just... I want to hear about the Flyers. For yeah, go line. ahead, Ray. Go ahead. Ray. I wasn't trying to interrupt you. I, I just don't even know if I want to keep going. I need to go. You're very easy to and throw just, off track. I I'm might just. just so, I got a couple just, of soccer guys waiting for I'm when you really so, get into I'm it. I'm just so upset. Go what ahead. soccer guys wear Under Armour? Please tell me. A, a I lot. Don't know. Uh, Josie Altidore. Cruz. Josie sucks. No, no, no. no Josie Altidore. Kidding. Kidding. He ever was a national team I was kid kidding. again. All right. Okay. Pat, sorry. Patrick Peterson in the in football. All right. Hold on. Uh, Cruz Azul. I'm going. I'm just going through their list here. Oh Cruz Azul God. is a is a La Liga or a Liga MX team. Toloco. They, they play Mexico. I don't know who that is. I don't know if I'm pronouncing. These that are right. not players. You're giving me clubs now. No, it's not Toloco. It's this guy. Oh, you're proving I, our point. Who's Toloco? All right, but no. In all seriousness, they have Cam Newton, Julio Jones, and Tom Brady. Oh like, my God, he's Kyle. Going back to the Kyle, they're he's a going top back to the three sneaker brand. They're going to have people. What I'm telling you, as someone who literally works hand in hand with a person who runs a a million followed BR Kicks account and is dealing with designers and all these people, I have a friend who is the creative designer of sneakers for Versace. I am not going to steer you wrong. They are a top three brand for young athletes but they are not even in the fucking conversation because of five guys all right so flyers uh i'm just gonna try one more time before i leave um couple things katorie had two goals he's centering the top line lawton had two goals he's centering the fourth line Giroux had two goals from the left wing uh to go along with two assists on the night the, the thing that is separating this Flyers team probably from any other Flyers team in recent memory is, their, is like I said, their ability to roll out four lines of legitimate players. And while I still don't understand how Hackstall and Hextall ha- are getting away with keeping Sam Moran down in the minors, and in their last game they had Travis Sanheim as a healthy scratch to play Brandon Manning, who should simply just not be one of their six defensemen, and Andrew McDonald on a top pair with Ivan Provorov, Outside of those few um, few issues I have, and the fact that I liked Lindblom in the preseason, um, they do have really good forward depth. 
They do have good defensive depth between the pro team and in the minors. The problem is they are not calling up the best six defensemen they have. If they did, you would see Haig probably on the top pairing with Provorov, or maybe you would see like uh, Ghost move up. There, there are certain things that I, I don't understand defensively that they're doing, but they have great depth. They're an exciting team to watch. And may, may I remind everyone, it feels like out of all the teams that typically play the Flyers, the Caps, I usually think the Rangers are like the number one Flyer killer. And I would argue, argue that in most cases, the Capitals give them a, a really good run. So the fact that on their home opening night, they had an 8-2 to two victory, a resounding victory. It wasn't like lucky tip-ins. Like this was a full domination of four lines. That's an excellent sign. Brian Elliott still doesn't look that good. He's averaging over three goals against, hey, but Russ, he's got three wins on the season. What? We've seen it two years in a row from the Phillies where there's like this opening few weeks where we're like, I don't know, this could be a thing. Is there any fear that this could just be some fast starting that could come back to earth? Yeah, it could be if, if they continue to get caught out on islands defensively. Or if there's a, a major injury, like if anybody on the top line gets hurt, they're they're in trouble. Like Nolan Patrick is currently centering your third line, so in theory, like he could move up. But like Couturier is doing exactly what he needs to do, which is putting the puck in the net, and he's not a, a hindrance on the top line offensively. He's he's actually looking good. Giroux as a playmaker is looking good, and Voracek looked incredible in the God last game. God bless you. So anyway, I gotta go. Uh, last point that I want to make before I go. Uh, I mentioned before that Joel Embiid is shooting barefoot in practice. He sprained his left ankle uh, in Saturday's preseason finale. And um, Brett Brown, when asked about why Markel Fultz is going to start the season on the bench, he cited the fact that Fultz has not spent much time with the team. He hasn't been available uh, because of injury. He said he doesn't want to throw him into the fire. And he said that his goal right now is to figure out how to develop this guy uh, while still winning games. I have a lot to say about this on Wednesday. Have a great day. Um, Man, I wanted to hear what he had to say. Yeah, I did too. I, also, I wanted to compel him, if he's still listening, to poll his class today about sneakers so we can get a definitive answer from America's Yeah, team. some homework for the teacher. Uh, um, yeah, the uh, the Sixers thing, the Markel Fultz thing, what do you make of this? The long, you know, If you're not aware, Fultz is going to come off, not you, but the people listening, the, Fultz is going to come off the bench to start the season. Brett Brown cited the fact that he really hasn't played in the preseason as a reason, which is obviously totally reasonable, but Fultz then blamed his shot struggles and was clear to not make an excuse on the fact that his shoulder is bothering him. So I don't know if I'm more happy that he didn't, his shot isn't screwy just for the hell of it, but because he's dealing with an injury or the fact that there's an injury there. And, you know, we kind of laughed at Bill Simmons's notion that Fultz wasn't a starting player yet a few weeks ago. And now here we are, he's going to start the season on the bench, most likely for pragmatic reasons. But I mean, this, I don't think we could have started the Fultz era off on a, on a worse foot, uh, relatively speaking. Yeah, it's only uh, it's only customary for every rookie drafted by the Sixers in the top five to then be set with ridiculous injuries. Uh, I agree with you. I am thrilled that there is a shoulder injury because it explains that shot. Because if that was the shot that he came back with, I was going to throw everything against the wall. Um, so I'm thrilled that there's a reason his shot looks like that. I also am fine with him not starting uh, right away. Um, 
I don't I, I I think that we have to remember where we were saying before that if we expect the the Sixers to make a playoff run but we're not really expecting a ton and I think the fact that in the offseason the Eastern Conference imploded and that you know the the Knicks fell apart and um all these other teams, Chicago fell apart and all these players really went to the Western Conference, the Jimmy Butlers, the Carmelo Anthony, that all of a sudden it was like the Sixers can compete. I do not think the Sixers are going to compete this year. And that is not my expectation. I'm not expecting them to go and make a run at Cleveland um, or Boston. I'm not expecting that. I'm expecting them to be like a fifth or sixth seed team. You know, a good 40-something wins. Um, and, uh, so if Fultz by the end of the year, if they figure this out and Fultz and Simmons can exist together and Fultz can shoot from the outside, that's what, excuse me, that's what I'm looking for. But this, this notion, oh, he's not starting, you know, I'll, I'll evaluate kind of as the season goes on, but, uh, yes, I, it sucks that he's hurt. But I'm glad that that shot is the reason is is due to the fact that he's hurt and not its own separate entity. If he was hurt and that was his shooting motion, then I'd be scared shitless. I guess, and I just hope it's not an excuse that excuse me that he's you know that he changed the shot and his shoulder hurts and you're able to tie one to the other. I mean, look, it's fine. It's you know. Him coming off the bench, this isn't a big deal. I said a couple of weeks ago, everyone everyone was forgetting that coming into the draft, Jason, every, everyone was in agreement, Jason Tatum is NBA ready. And you look at a guy like that where he's at right now, where Fultz is at, and it makes you stop and think about your pick. And then, But you have to go back to before the drafts and say, well, no, everyone expected Tatum to be the guy off the bat to be able to be plugged into a lineup right away. Fultz was 19. Um, and you're you're drafting on ceiling at that age, and he isn't. He's far from a project player. Obviously, that player doesn't go number one, but he 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 has a higher ceiling once he kind of puts it all together and gets a little bigger and puts on a little bit more muscle and you know develops a slightly more consistent shot. So yeah, it's not the end of the world, but you know the fact that Fultz was the consensus number one pick, and thus far in exhibition basketball games has has looked quite honestly kind of far behind many guys who are taken in the lottery it, it it's not a great feeling it's not like a i don't know i'm just dis- a disappointment no, I think you're right that he's not ready to just saying. like look at ben simmons now ben simmons is a year ahead of him and and arguably more physically gifted and stuff like that but it, it, it's obvious that Ben Simmons is going to contribute from day one, and he's going to learn on the job and make mistakes, but not everyone's going to be Joel Embiid. I guess we were expecting to see Fultz out there right away in the starting lineup, and that's not going to be the case. doesn't mean a month from now he's not the starting point guard by any stretch. But Right. Like People you know. forget that when we were talking about what the Celtics needed during the draft, it was very different than when they had Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving and had removed Isaiah Thomas. Remember, Fultz to the Celtics was a thing because they were admitting that Isaiah Thomas was not the point guard of the future and that Fultz would be the guy you'd want to build around. They went and got Tatum because he was more ready because he went with two guys that were ready. Um, and you look at the Sixers. Yeah, I think Fultz was the one that had all the tools but still had room for growth. I think the guy that's kind of making me go oof right now is De'Aaron Fox. 
just because he's looked, you know, incredible and flashy and fast. Uh, and if Fultz isn't going to have the shot, right. then you'd want the guy that doesn't have the shot but is also wildly explosive. Yeah, I mean, dude, I'm driving around. I'm, I'm in a cab in New York, and Frank Nilakina mm-hmm. is going up on, on huge buildings next to Madison Square Garden. And I'm like, man, our, our rookie isn't even our top our top three attraction right now. It'd be Simmons and B to be Redick, you know, it'd be all these guys over over Fultz, but which is arguably uh, a good thing. Oh yeah, I agree. I, I think it's really nice to not have to rely on your rookies uh, and let them grow. But this is this is going to be a, a a Simmons. This is a Simmons and Bead show. His, his rookie year, and I'm excited for it. It's going to be awesome. That said, the two of those guys have played a combined total of 31 NBA games, so you you are kind Man. of relying on the rookies. But Simmons uh, Embiid is not a rookie in any. I mean, in a technical sense of the word, or in any, he looks like a guy who's been playing in the league for five years, and he's only been playing basketball for six or seven. It's kind of the it's interaction. Insane. Yeah, it's the interaction that he has with other opposing players is unbelievable. Like, yeah, the Hassan Whiteside quote-unquote feud, to me it's just pure entertainment. Hassan Whiteside's laughing as he comes off the court. DeMarcus Cousins likes him enough where they're smacking each other's ass as they go up and down the court. You got Andre Iguodala tweeting that he's a legend. Like, people are so taken aback by this guy. Um, I do think he's going to have some technical foul issues this year. Um, I think people forget that he actually got some tees in those 31 games because he is so outspoken and like he messes around all the time. Excuse me, fuck. Um, But it's incredible to watch players on other teams react to him. He truly is larger than life. And man, I... it's Can we do a moment of silence real quick? You down for Joel Embiid and yourself? Absolutely. Okay. Man, because he's so damn special, he really is. He's either it's we're either going to get a thirty for thirty about the process, which I think we will, or we're going to get a thirty for thirty on what could have been the fifty-two games that Joel Embiid played. You know, I keep going back in my head to seven, eight years from now. That special where we're talking about there's guys sitting in a dark room saying, "Man, he could have been the one." He could have been the one. What and we're talking about what he did in his first something less than a hundred games, and yeah. then just talking about what happened with his with his lower body. Uh, I, unfortunately, I think that is a real possibility, not a probability, but a definite possibility. And I mean, it's just like look, he's played two preseason games, and yesterday again, I don't know, think there's any cause for alarm here. But he doesn't practice yesterday because he's have, doing left knee rehab and he has a slight sprained ankle. I mean, he's played you know a total of 25 minutes in the preseason and he's a young guy. And you know these are the sorts of maintenance things that mid 30s NBA players go through, where they you know they, they spend two days working on their body to play 25 minutes and then the following three days working on their body just to repair it. And you know you just hope that Embiid's career isn't him playing really well for for a couple of weeks and then needing all these maintenance days to get his body back in the game shape for a handful of more games. And that's 
you know, again, it's, it's probably nothing in the fact that he didn't practice yesterday, but just little things like this, it's, it's really yeah. hard to get overly excited about him because you always feel like the next shoe is about to drop. I, it, I, it upsets me even more about that Houston game. Yeah. And I look back to last year and you think about how delicate we need to be with him and rushing him for a primetime game for ticket sales and all that stuff or whatever the reason was, the lying to us about it. I mean, if anything, this fan base has been so patient and has openly acknowledged with somebody like Joel that while the outlook overall is relatively exciting but also bleak, that we're down for honesty. And it makes it makes me look back at that Houston game, and I still get upset that they forced him out there and to play all those minutes. Yeah, and it's unclear because, I mean, in some in some interviews, it sounds like Embiid was the one who wanted to play and was downplaying his pain level. And in others, it's, you know, it, you're just wondering why the doctors let him out here because it sounds like by that point they knew there was something going on more significant in the knee. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it is what it is. Let's just, you know, if he's healthy, I don't know. We could just keep going on, on and on in circles for this. The long story short is, he, he had a maintenance day yesterday. Fultz is not starting. So it's just every time we talk about the Sixers, I want to just shed these chains of being like, but if, but if, if he's, but this is happening. Just give us give us two seasons of, of health just to see what, see what they have. Man, I, I would know. like that. I would like health. Health sounds great. Uh, man, Eagles, though. Shit, yeah. So good. You got I can't any, believe it. You got anything else? Uh, I'm officially the biggest mush in the history of the world, and I'm realizing that it's a superpower. So I've been picking against the Eagles, and I need your advice. Um, I don't know if the universe is going to know if I'm doing it on purpose, but I think I'm going to keep picking against the Eagles. Because I think my superpower is that when I pick a team, they lose. I mean, for the Giants to to win last night. <laughs> Insane. I don't understand. Kyle, I put a $800 on the Broncos. I wish you would do this with real money so I can no. enjoy it more. See, no, th- but, that's, but I'm so happy that I don't have to. Because if I had to learn that way, I'd be very upset right now. But I have mush superpowers. And I think I might use them for good. And I might just pick in our in our weekly picks. I might pick against the Eagles from now on just on purpose. Well, you should. But I don't want the universe to know that I'm doing it on purpose. Well, I, so I think there's you just a way that, that I could. Out of the bag. What's up? I think you just let that cat out of the bag to anyone. Yeah, but here's the thing: is I know that I could slowly convince myself uh, of any team. I would just have it, it. It would take effort. Well, I mean, the fact that the Giants went to Denver and won last night tells you that uh, on any given day, you can convince yourself of any team because that was utterly shocking. Utterly shocking, dude! Um, it's insane. I mean, uh, if if you're betting on the NFL, like you do daily fantasy, right? You don't bet on games, do you? Yeah, uh, no, daily fantasy. Betting on games is the dumbest thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. It is. In a league where everybody is so close, there's no advantage. 
The thing with betting on games, yeah, you're right. And the thing with betting on games is even the best, what people don't, and I'm sure, maybe people realize this, and it still makes it fun to watch. And if you're doing it with a recreational sum, it's fine. But if when you're betting on games, even the bet, the biggest gambling syndicates out there, the Sharps with the massive supercomputers where they're running simulations and gambling hundreds of thousands of dollars a day, you know, if they come out like 56, 58% of the time on top, they're winning. So even the best guys in the world at this over time are not even 60-40. And, and that is such a small percentage of people. But the, they have such a large amount of money at stake that when they, that 10% edge they have is a huge sum of money. But for the average person, it is so difficult. Whereas with daily fantasy, you know, fantasy or daily fantasy, whatever... Yes, like that is largely the case. Like, most people are going to lose money or tread or tread, you know, tread water. But if you do it right and you do it consistently enough, there is more skill involved in that than gambling because the lines are set up obviously as such that it wants equal play on both sides. And Vegas is really good about making sure you know they're they're always smack dab in the middle because they make their money on, you know, on on the juice. So they make their money on the 10%. So but in daily fantasy, you're competing against other people, and yes, there's there's an element of randomness that you just can't account for. Um, Josh McCown being the number one fantasy quarterback of the day yesterday is one of them, right? Wait, he was uh, for at least a time in terms of, I don't know on on depending on scoring, but the red zone bottom line according to NFL scoring had Josh McCown as number one for a good chunk of the day point is the guy against the Patriots being one of the top quarterbacks of the day is not to be predicted especially when he's a Jets quarterback and it's Josh McCown yeah but there, there's an element of skill there and like I use one of these things this this fantasy labs which is utterly terrific that gives you really good data to use but there's still an element of skill you got to spend time putting that all together putting together a, a reasonable lineup and yes there are some random elements but you have way more of a chance of success in stuff like that where when you're not just betting on the coin flip nature of of a bet. Um, I don't know. That's sort of my, my rant against betting. Like Over time, you can make money with daily fantasy because there's more elements involved and there's more skill involved. Whereas with betting, even if you're really good at it, the, the, the numbers say that over time, you're just at best going to be a 50-50 player, which means you're going to lose 10% of your money. In the long yeah, run. Like, like the Bleacher Report fantasy guy's name is Matt Camp. Uh, we were talking yesterday, and he was saying that um, gambling gamblers should really use fantasy experts' advice because no one is breaking down the game at a more granular level than fantasy experts. And I look a lot at people like at Roto World and stuff like that, these guys that break down these individual matchups just, you know, to, to get a look at everything. But uh, no, I, I, I haven't, ga I gambled in week one, like my own money. And I realized very quickly, um, it's just not going to happen. Like I, I, I've been, I've tried gambling now for enough that it's, it's fucking crazy. Like, it's dumb. Like, college, absolutely. Like, you could predict college, and there are there are some teams that you could just hone in on, and you could pound. And you can exploit but, the lines, because there's not exactly, as much data. Yes. Exactly. The NFL, though, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, those, those like, you know. Dummies. you. That's why I know I've known people who've had success betting on 
far-flung college teams because the lines, there's not that many people betting, so they don't get nailed into place. There's not as much data. But if you know you have an expertise in a conference or whatever, you can stand out. But the NFL and the NBA, I mean, those lines are hammered so hard into place by the big money that you're almost always going to fall 50-50, no matter how good you are, how how much you know the sport, because the lines are so damn good. The I think we're going to see gambling is going to become legalized, and eventually, and probably soon, sooner rather than later. And I think you're going to see more of these analytical outlets pop up for gambling. You know, right now there are a few. I forget the names. There are a few. The Chernin Group is actually invested in a few, and they also just uh, acquired Fantasy Labs, which I which I just mentioned. So they're they're investing in this analytical betting, gambling, fantasy world, which is really smart. But to, it still feels like most of the gambling advice is I don't want to say charlatans, but it's guys. Hey, I got my picks. I got my picks. Or it's idiots like me. <laughs> Who, who, they just said, hey, Adam, you're going to make picks for us this year. And I said, okay. And I said, how many? Like two a week? And they said, well, you're going to predict Thursday. And then you're going to predict Monday. And then because we have a graphic that fits four slots, we're going to do four on Sunday. And I went, guys, there's 14 games a week. And you're going to have me do six. I was like, I was like, and you're still going to call them blocks? Okay, whatever. I don't give a fuck. I'm in. Like, dude, six locks? Are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. Right. And even when you, but right, even if you go deeper, like, I mean, I feel like, not that it's tongue in cheek, but when mainstream outlets like you guys do this, like, there's a, you know, there, oh, there's yeah. an air of I entertainment. I hope people aren't taking it real. Correct. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, hey, these are my things. But there are guys out there who sell themselves as experts. And, you know, but all, even, even the guys who aren't phony and, and do a, you know, do a decent job, not the 900 number guys. Yeah, exactly. All of that, all of the analytical stuff there, or a good chunk of it, is based on trends. Hey, the Packers are 12 and 18 in road games when it snows. And a lot of that stuff takes into account past things that make, have no No impact on the current game. But they're just simply, you know, trends and statistical oddities. Yeah, how how does Rich Kotite's record in Dallas impact this team? It doesn't. None at all. None at all. And that's... That's the difference between the – I'm sure someone will correct me here and say there's really good uh, gambling analytics. But that's the difference right now, I think, on the large scale between the, the gambling analytics and the fantasy analytics, which are breaking down um, tar- you know, target touches, um, pr- you know, projected – depending on what game it is, you know, pr- projected minutes, how these players play with each other. One of my favorite things on Fantasy Labs is the correlation stat. So yesterday, I wanted to roster. I was thinking about rostering. I was like, what if I did Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, right? And there's a, you might say to yourself, well, okay, well, if one guy gets two touchdowns, then it probably doesn't bode well for the other guy, and you should fade one. But then you can go into the correlation stat and see, I might be making up this specific stat, but you get the idea. You could see that they actually correlate very highly, that there's like a 75% correlation between two guys who you might not think. You know, and hey, when Hopkins goes off, Fuller has good days too because they just torture defense. Like those sorts of stats are really useful. Other times you'll see, hey, Le'Veon Bell has a negative correlation to Ben Roethlisberger. When Bell is on, Roethlisberger isn't doing much because he's handing the ball off. But for some teams, the quarterback and the running back, you know, correlate greatly. Like Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman do not, but Ty Montgomery and Devontae Adams might. You know, and those are the things I don't think like – 
is done as much other than with the huge hardcore gambling guys. And I think we're going to see like consumer tools for gambling that really get into the meaningful analytics start popping up uh, once it becomes legalized. And that would be that would be cool. That would be fun because there will be edges to be had. I think so too. I, I it's just uh, overall though. Uh, start a business, do something good with your money. Yeah, yeah. Be, 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 be uh, entrepreneurial. Uh, all right, that was fun. Um, Wednesday, Russ, what did Russ say he was going to do for us? What uh, was his big take? Was he going to talk to his class about the popularity of Under Armour? That, and then uh, something about Embiid, right? Oh, yeah, I was, I was zoning out at that moment. I was looking up uh, Under Armour athletes. All right. Love you guys very much for uh, Russ, for Kyle. I'm Lefko, and we will holler you guys on Wednesday.